The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Hmm. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Wow. I wonder what that table looks like. Hey everyone, it's MJ. Thank you for joining me. And today I will be speaking about the table. First encounters, last encounters, celebrations, meetings, negotiations, they all happen at the table through conversations, whether they be pleasant, difficult, or enlightening. Ideas are born. Relationships are developed. Relationships end. Promotions happen. Demotions happen. And even secrets come out at tables. You usually sit at a table with people you feel comfortable with. You probably won't sit at a table with a total stranger. You probably won't eat anything from a total stranger. You will accept food from a person you know and trust. If you eat something from someone you don't know, you are at risk. You don't know if they made it with dirty hands in a dirty environment. You could be poisoned or anything. You feel comfortable sitting and eating with a person that you trust. I say that to say this, whatever occupation you do, whatever position or title that you hold, when you go to work, you are literally preparing a table for all of the ones who will be affected by it. In other words, your work and deeds are a meal. And every day you eat. Now, I'm not talking about naturally, but I'm talking about spiritually. When you speak with someone, entertain someone, or when someone speaks and entertains you, if you receive what they are saying, you are eating from their table. And my question to you is, what is on your plate after you eat? Seeds or bones? If you have a seed, you must make a decision. Will you plant it or throw it away? Bones can be kept, but there's no benefit to it. They can't reproduce. Bones are just a reminder that something was living. When someone speaks life to you, you feel good. When someone speaks death to you, unless you're immune to it, you feel sick. Bones representing gossip, complaining, negative speaking about others and situations versus the seeds which represent motivation, encouragement, inspiration. The one that helps you look at life differently, look at yourself differently, causes you to have a different perspective on life. You want to engage in conversation that is spiritually nutritious. The power of life and death 
are in your tongue. And that lets me know that life has power and that even death has power. And any normal human being doesn't have the desire to stay around something dead too long. Why? Because it begins to decay and smell and draws rodents that come to eat up the remains. You wouldn't want a dead person in your home, in your car, at your place of employment. The image and scent of death is so unpleasant and it doesn't draw people, but it pushes them away. So why is it that when it comes to conversations that don't have any life in it, we are drawn to it? We don't like to speak life to and about other people. It should be the same response as if you had a dead body sitting in front of you. And I don't know about you, but I don't want death sitting at my table. Yes, yes, that's right. I have a table and you have a table. We all have a table. So what is on your table? God is paying attention to our conversations, not just the deeds we do, but what we talk about. And he's writing down everything we are saying. When people come to sit down at your table, what are they eating? Life or death? Think about it. Another thing is, the way the table is set displays the kind of meal that will be served. If you go to an event with paper plates and cups with clowns and cartoon characters on them, you're not going to expect filet mignon with sauté asparagus and creamy mashed potatoes. Just like if you were to sit down at a table with fine china and the most expensive flatware, you're not going to expect peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with a glass of milk. I've seen some very beautiful table settings and I expected nothing less than a meal of quality. So that lets me know how you set your table is very important. It's an invitation to who will sit there. Now, naturally, I can't sit at a table with certain dignitaries. I won't be able to sit at a table with world leaders and celebrities because right now I don't have the title. I don't have the credentials. I don't have the money to sit there. If you go to certain events, they have head tables, they have reserved tables, and not just anyone can sit at those tables. You have to have a certain status for a seat. So that leads me to this. There was an event in the Bible where there was a special meal taking place at a sacred and exclusive table. It was with Jesus and his 12 disciples His disciples, the men that he taught, that he mentored, that he loved so deeply. But his words changed the tone of the moment. Jesus said, But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly, the Son of Man goeth as it was determined. But woe unto that man by whom he is betrayed. And after those words were spoken, there was great concern. There was, I believe it was fear. There was strife because everyone wanted to know who was the enemy sitting at the table. 
and we learn that it was Judas. And we hear this story and we read this story and we think, how could Judas do that after the Lord shown him nothing but love and compassion? But let me say this. We must look in the mirror. How many times have we been rebellious, stubborn, and our spirit is not steadfast with God? How many times have we refused to walk in his law? We kindled his anger. We lied to him. We didn't trust him or believe in him. We sinned against him. We betrayed him. Yet, we thought we deserved a seat at the Lord's table. But 1 Corinthians 10 and 21 makes it very clear. Ye cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. Ye cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the tables of devils. We have to choose. We have to make a decision. Everyone cannot sit at the Lord's table. It's not just about having dirty hands, but it's dirty hearts, dirty souls, and dirty minds. But there's good news. The blood was shed to make us clean. I know there are some of you out there who have prepared tables and you've had enemies come and sit at your table. They came and they ate and they drank knowing that they were going to betray you, knowing that they didn't want to see you prosper, knowing that they were just sitting back and waiting for your downfall. Don't get discouraged. Like I said earlier, certain tables you cannot sit at unless you have a certain position or status. Well, the Lord has prepared a table. And this table is for the ones who have renewed minds, pure hearts, and restored souls. This table is for the ones who walk in righteousness, who are fearless. This table is for the ones who live. Psalm 23. It's reserved for you. Your name is on it. You don't have to feel guilty for sitting at this table. You don't have to feel bad for sitting at this table. God purposely prepared it in front of your enemies so they can see how blessed you're about to be. What a perfect audience. And you know, if the Lord prepares a table, it will be of high quality. It will be of great substance and abundance. And you will be satisfied. I'm so honored to have a seat at this table. I want to leave you with this. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Remember that you have a table that people are affected by every day. So from this day forward, Consider how your table is set. And when people sit down to eat, are they eating life or death? Wow. Who knew sitting at the Lord's table would change my life? <laughs>